The single most common piece of advice that I give to people in regards to recovery is to get them meditating. In particular, it's not just any sort of meditation, but the practice of mindfulness. If I had to choose one thing, it is the lead domino, it is the thing that helps every other factor get done. It's like a force multiplier. If I don't meditate in a day, I don't feel as good for the rest of the day in every other activity. It, if I don't meditate, my exercise sessions aren't as focused. My work and writing is not as good. It just makes everything sort of work. So let's break it down a little bit. The act of meditation is designed to increase your mindfulness. And mindfulness is basically the, the, the act of being present, focused on the present state of what's actually happening. Not thinking about the future, not ruminating about the past, but being here now. The, the actual practice is surprisingly simple, or it sounds simple. It involves sitting down with a timer and drawing your attention to the sensations of the breath, entering and leaving the nose. Distractions, thoughts, emotions, memories all pop up and you acknowledge them and bring your attention back to the breath. This sounds easy, but if it sounds easy and you think, oh, whatever, actually give it a try. Actually try meditating and see how long it takes you to lose focus on the breath. If you haven't meditated before, I would be surprised if you could get to 10 breaths. I honestly would. It's very, very challenging. I don't look at meditation as a spiritual or otherworldly practice in the sense that it's not religious. It's not invoking some god. It's not going to give you mystical powers. It's not going down that path. What it is doing is, and it's there's a scientific basis for this, it's training your mind now, there is a strong spiritual component to meditation as when you go deep into it, you'll, you'll see that every religion, in effect, teaches you mindfulness. Prayers or rosary repetitions or prostrations or, you know, memorization of holy books. It's all effectively an act of mindfulness. If your sole focus is on an icon or the thought of God or a prayer or a mantra, you're being mindful, and rather than just focusing on the breath, you're focusing on that object. So I look at that and go, okay, well, it's obviously helping in every in every religion. There's an act of mindfulness. So rather than go down the dogmatic um, path of any particular religion, let's look at what's actually happening. And for me, the benefit is through mindfulness. And you can do mindfulness practice without any invocation of religious doctrine, which means that it's applicable to atheists and theists alike, regardless of your belief system. And it also means that it actually works. So I encourage everyone to try meditation and see the benefits that it has in your life. I, I will go on in this podcast to give you some resources and talk more about it, but really the the way to know that it works is to start and this obviously involves a little bit of an act of faith you have to trust me you have to trust the resources you have to trust the science that it's going to work for you and you also have to wait for a little bit of the benefits there's always a lag between what you do 
and the results coming in most of the time. For example, if, if I was to say, hey, go and do some exercise, and you went and exercised, you would expect there to be a lag between your exercise session and seeing a physical change both in terms of looks and strength. The same thing's true for meditation. You might feel good after a session, you might not feel good after a session, but the truth is, is that the real benefits come a month, two, three months later. So you have to have faith and dedication to continue on with this. And I use faith in terms of faith in the method, faith in, in the same way that you have faith that when you exercise or diet, your body will improve. That's what you need to have faith with. So, in, in specifics, there's a couple of books that I'm going to recommend to you, and of the you know tens or hundreds of books that I've, I've read in this topic, these two are the ones that stand out the most. The first one is Mindfulness in Plain English by Gunnarantana, and this is a book that would appeal to the more quote-unquote right-brain thinkers. It's, a, it's, it's lovely, it's engaging, it's got a little bit of a narrative, and it sort of guides you gently down the path. The other book is complementary to this book. It's called The Mind Illuminated by Kaldasa, and I'll put the links down below. But this book is more geared towards like the typical left brain thinker. This book has broken meditation very, very, very specifically into different components in the senses of when you first start, you'll be dealing with this problem, this is how you overcome it. And then you'll sort of deal with this problem, this is how you overcome it. It's very specific, very thought out, very thorough. I like them both. If I had to recommend you to start on one, I'd say mindfulness in plain English because it'll get you started. And then when you've gotten into it, then I would suggest going into the mind illuminated. But beyond all of that, I would suggest just starting. And you will find that it slowly starts to benefit every aspect of your life. Think about what it's, what it's doing just on a practical sense. If you're sitting there and you get to draw your attention back to the sensation of the breath, so you're thinking, you're focused on the breath and your mind wanders and you draw it back, you're practicing attention. You're practicing the ability to focus. Think about your life and what you do, your hobbies, your work, your family. How good would it be to be able to focus on what you want to focus on better? Just that skill alone. And that's not even like, that's not the crux. That's not the goal of meditation. It's just a side benefit. But that alone would be worth practicing. The, the idea of just getting better at focusing. How, how long can you talk or stay with your family without looking at your phone? Or how long can you focus on a book without getting up and wanting to do something else? How long can you stay on a task? All of those things can be improved with the practice of mindfulness meditation because you're basically literally training your brain to see a distraction, notice it, but then return back to the task at hand. In this case, it's focusing on the breath, but in reality, it's training yourself to get that focus. The second reason, or another reason why you want to, why meditation will be good for you is that it teaches you or gives you the ability to sit in silence. In today's society, it is so easy to have headphones always in, always on social, always looking at a podcast or a video or just music or just things coming into your brain. How long in the day have you actually been silent? Does the thought of sitting in silence scare you? I get a lot of people messaging me or talking to me when I introduce the concept of meditation to them, coaching clients, the whole thing. 
saying that they're afraid. They don't want to face their own thoughts. Now, your, your thoughts are with you all the time, and they're operating behind the scenes, directing your behavior and impacting your life and your life choices. Those thoughts are there whether you're not you're paying attention to them or not. For me, I like the idea of turning and facing them, looking at what they have to say. And oftentimes, the vast, 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 vast majority of times, you'll see that those thoughts are toothless. They hold no power, and as soon as you look at them, they disappear. And the ones that are, that sort of do stick around, they are far less scary and intimidating once you're facing them. Side note, I feel like people are more afraid of the concept of something rather than the actual thing itself happening. You've dealt with trauma and issues and stress, but if I told you that tomorrow you're going to deal with those same stresses or issues or traumas, you would freak out about it. It would be the worst thing ever. Even though that when it does happen and has happened and when it will happen again in your life, you'll be able to face it and just move on. And I know that because you've done it in the past, right? So in that same sense, meditation helps you to come to terms with yourself. It helps you to find yourself and not in some airy-fairy guru weirdness thing. It literally just gets you to see what thoughts you're having, right? It's like, it's like looking over your body and going, huh, I've got a sore back. I need to address this. So I'm going to do exercises for my sore back. Okay, I've got these thoughts. I'm going to address them through meditation. So with this in mind, like I said, it is the, the single practice that I would suggest to anyone. It is the lead domino. I exercise daily. I meditate daily. I have cut sugar from my diet. I do writing therapy. I see a therapist. There's a bunch of little self-care things that you know that I do that I share. However, if I could only get you to do one thing, one, it would be start a mindfulness meditation practice. So let's talk about how you can actually implement it. Far and away, the best place or the best time to meditate, in my opinion, is first thing in the morning because it sets your day up for success and then there's no reason for time and stuff to get in the way. So get up, go to the toilet, grab yourself a coffee if you need one, wake up, splash or slap yourself in the face, whatever, and sit down and sit in a particular spot every time. I've got a little meditation cupboard that I use and it's sort of like I set it up there, I put a candle on and I just sort of get that sort of sort of um, ritualistic style happening and not because there's any specific religious ritual but just because rituals do help you get into it. I get up, get myself a coffee, take a seat, turn the candle on, couple of deep breaths and then I get started. What I'd suggest you do is find a place and take a seat. You can do cross-legged, you can do lotus, you could sit on a chair. You can even do it standing. I would suggest not doing it lying down because you might fall back asleep. Close your eyes. Set a, sorry, set a timer. Start with a very small time. Okay. If, if you're worried about time-based, literally do one minute. You have one minute. Everyone always talks about, I don't have the time to meditate. I don't have the time. You do. You have one minute. Okay. Like you just, if you're so busy that you don't have one minute to do something, you need to make some life changes. Secondly, meditation will make time in the sense that it'll make your exercise sessions far more productive and make everything far more productive. So you'll get time for that and be able to apply it into meditation and that will make everything else far more productive. It's cyclic. So you've got a minute. Set a timer for a minute, close your eyes and focus on your breath. Just the sensations entering and leaving the nose.
And if your thoughts wander, if you start thinking about other stuff, if you feel like standing up, if anything arises, even physical sensations, acknowledge them and gently return back to the breath. Don't admonish yourself. Don't, don't get upset if pain comes or if you, if you get distracted and you focus on something else or if you stuff up. This is all part of the practice. The act of meditation is bringing yourself back to the focus on, of the breath. Yeah? After a while, after you've done one minute, you might feel like doing more. That's good. Up it to two or three or five. Very, very, very slowly raise your minutes. Okay? It's like exercise. Once again, if I said, hey, go outside and do a one-hour intensive exercise session, it'll blow your body out. You might be able to do it once, but could you do it every day? Probably not. You, Whenever you're instilling a habit like this, you want to be able to do it for six months in the sense that if you go too hard too soon and you couldn't see yourself doing this every day for six months, you, you, that's a sign to you to know that you're going too hard. So one minute a day. And if you want to up it, jump to three, jump to five. I started on this process when I first started. I started about one to five minutes. And now I'm up to about 37 minutes. I'm slowly, slowly, slowly increasing each day. And like I said, it is the core thing. And that, that's in my day first and I don't miss it. So you do your one minute. And then afterwards, big deep breath. Thank yourself. Be aware that you've done something positive for yourself today that can't be taken away. You set your day up for success by the fact of you're doing something as a form of self-care, self-improvement. And then just return back to it the next day. And every day. <laughs> a couple of... One particular trap I want you to be aware of. Nothing is meditation other than meditation, at least at the start. It's very easy to go, oh, I did a yoga class that was quote-unquote meditative. Does that count? Or, oh, I read a book and I really focused. Or oh, I was doing exercise and I was I wasn't I wasn't listening to music, I was just exercising. That doesn't count. Only meditation counts as meditation, at least at the start. Once you develop the skill of mindfulness, once you've been meditating for a while and you've upped your times, then you can start bringing that meditation mindset onto other things like yoga or reading or exercise or literally every aspect of your life. And it's it's a wonderful feeling that's starting to happen in my life. I'm starting to able to do exercise meditatively and it feels amazing. But I've tried it in the past. I've tried to do other things meditatively prior to developing this skill and it devolves into losing the practice. So don't fall into that trap. And the second thing is don't, even though I've told you all of the benefits and the advantages and a lot of things that you want to get from it, don't hunt those goals. They will come. And things that I'm not describing, things that you are unexpected will come from meditation. It's like clearing the crap out of your brain. A good analogy, there's, there's two analogies that I'll leave you with actually for meditation. The first one is, is that your mind is like a jar of muddy water and it's being shook up every day. Every day you're shaking it up and you can't see through it. Meditation is the act of letting that jar sit and the, the dirt sediments fall into the ground. And if you leave, you know, if you try this and you shake it up and you leave it, eventually all that dirt will fall to the ground and you could drink that water. That water is clear. It is see-through. That's what you're doing to your mind. You're letting your mind sit. The second analogy is like your mind is a wild animal. And the, the traditional analogy is a wild elephant. And when you first capture a wild elephant, supposedly, it rages. 
So what they do is they tie it to a tree. And it rages, it rages, but it realizes that it can't escape. And eventually it calms down and is able to be fed. The act of mindfulness is the act of tying the elephant to the tree. Your, the elephant in this case is your mind. Your mind is raging. It is chaotic. It wants to escape. It wants to focus on a multitude of things. So what you do is, is you, every day, you focus back on the breath, calm it down. I prefer the water analogy because it's a calmer, more sort of relaxing thought, but different analogies work. So I want you to get started on that practice give it a try, contact me, and if you need further advice or support or resources, I will certainly provide them. I can be found at Zach P. Phillips on social everywhere and via my website, www.zachary-phillips.com. I'll put the links down below. I'll also put the links down to those two books that I recommended. Strongly, strongly suggest that if you get into this, as, as I really hope you do, those books are must-reads. Finally, I want to suggest that you check out my Skillshare courses. I've got four courses on mindfulness meditation for your mental health. And they go in depth, giving you detailed instructions, guided meditations, and further resources, including chapters of my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. These books and other resources that really will help you. You can access the Skillshare course for free via the link that I'll put down below. And you've got two, much, two months access to Skillshare, all of my courses. So like I said, I've got four on... Um, meditation, and I've got a couple coming out on lucid dreaming, and I'm going to keep releasing them. And yeah, you'll have free access. You can watch them. You can get started and go deep into this practice. So check that out. And yeah, happy meditating.